smartcast you're listening to a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast welcome to season 2 of our podcast kicks for free in which we discuss all things football i am dhiman and with me is my co-host vivek messi After losing to Saudi Arabia in the opener, Argentina face a must-win clash against Mexico in Group C tonight. We had the second death anniversary of Diego Maradona yesterday. As we put it in our headline, can Maradona spirit inspire Argentina, Diman? Maradona was referred to only once uh, at the press conference uh, yesterday by Scaloni, uh, but he made the most telling point there. He struck all the right notes. He said he's up there, he's watching us, and we want to provide joy. Today's a sad day for Argentina, and we want to provide joy tomorrow. The thing about the interaction yesterday with uh, Lautaro Martinez and Lionel Scaloni was this for me, that... the number of times that they said you know we'll break our backs till the last second to get a result kind of showed uh, that you know the team is under a lot of pressure although they said everything to the contrary so they could do with some divine intervention really today uh, because the world cup campaign uh, sort of hinges on uh, what happens today i mean uh, they could still they could still have a draw and uh, you know sort of get out of the group stage if they do well in the final game but having lost to saudi arabia it's not going to be easy and mexico is not going to make it easy for them so so yeah i mean some divine intervention venture you know maybe welcome uh, for argentina right right i think scaloni mentioned that uh, they'll need anywhere between 4 to 6 points to get out of the group right uh, so right. that's how i guess they are looking at it Devan, do you expect any changes in the lineup, like from the team that played Saudi Arabia? Uh, again, uh, Scaloni, uh, in the typical South American way of speaking about football, said the interpreters of his style. Now, I find that I, I really like the way a lot of people in South America uh, use uh, describe football. You know, you, you talk to Uruguayans, you talk to Brazilians, you talk to South, uh, Argentines. I mean, for them, football, the the terms or the words that they use to describe. a football event is always kind of uh, different from the way we are used to listening to it in the english speaking world so instead of saying players he said the interpreters of my style could vary i am guessing i'm guessing that you know lisandro martinez uh, could get a look in i am guessing that you know in in place of cristiano romero but really the rest of the team i don't see too many changes because they have a more or less set team they have a more or less set way of playing which kalni said has he will not change because of what happened you know that is a very reassuring statement because it shows that the coach is confident in the team and has faith in the abilities of the team a team which has gone on a 36 game unbeaten run so i i if there is a change i see a possible change in the defense uh with um, uh, Lisandro Martinez for Cristiano Romero but I do not see too many other changes no right right 
Argentina, of course, had three offside goals rolled out in the first game. They'll be just they'll be hoping that the forwards can time their runs maybe a bit better and ensure that a combination between Martinez and Messi up front works. Yeah, true. Because, but you know, credit to South Saudi Arabia for for doing what they did. I mean, it's it's a it's that high risk strategy of playing a high line that got the uh, Argentines repeatedly into offside positions and uh, it takes a lot of courage to be able to pull that off against a team like Argentina. It could have been 3-0 in the first half and game over, we wouldn't have been having this conversation and, uh, you know, the press conference yesterday would have been different. If Mexico can pull this off, it'll mean Argentine forwards will not have it easy. Also, Mexico is a team more experienced uh, at World Cups. Uh, They consistently get out of the group stages and, and... in the last World Cup, they beat Germany, uh, surprised Germany really. So, you know, this is a game that's going to be way more difficult possibly than Saudi Arabia. Uh, that said, it is only fair that Argentina are backing themselves to uh, get a favourable result uh, because of what this team has achieved. Which is why I think the country is also backing, you know, not giving up on the team. I mean, can you imagine an Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia and people being calm about it? It's it's simply because of what the team has achieved over the three past three years, uh, right down to winning the Copa America in, in, in at the Maracana. So it'll all change if they don't get a good result today. It'll all change if they it could some of it could change even if they get a draw today. But for now, it does seem that the you know the country is behind the team despite their losing to the second lowest ranked uh, team of the competition at the World Cup. Uh, while Argentina are facing an uphill task, fellow South American giants Brazil beat Serbia 2-0 on Thursday. But the big news from their camp yesterday is the injury to Neymar. Diman, what is the sense you get? Is it just the Switzerland game that he'll be missing or do you think it's something more serious? Well, this is how it started. When we were at the press conference uh, after the game, Brazil started the press conference after the game uh, by getting a doctor to read out a statement uh, about Neymar. So, you know, before the world, before the, the, the Chiche press conference got derailed by repeated questions on Neymar, they sought to put the issue, put, put a lid on the issue. And at that point in time, which was just after the game, the doctor uh, said that, you know, he is not going to need an MRI now. We are observing him. It will need 24 to 48 hours. We started treatment immediately. While he said all of that, you know, Chiche followed that up by saying we are very confident of uh, having Neymar for the World Cup. So, subsequent to that, the de- a development later yesterday said that, you know, he's out of the group stage games. Now, with Neymar, you're always a little wary because he's, he's so fouled a player that it, it, could go, it could go south very easily insofar as his injury is concerned. And, and Brazil have... Brazil remembered that uh, in, in 2014 what happened uh, when, when uh, Neymar, Brazil qualified for the semi-finals. But they missed Neymar because of injury and Thiago Silva because of a booking. So, and it was a different Brazil that, that sort of played uh, Germany in the semi-finals. So, Brazil will be keeping their fingers crossed. They will be keeping their fingers crossed to and, and hope that you know, Neymar is available for the later stages of the tournament. I'm guessing if they if they are out if they leave him out of the group league games, they'll get around eight to ten days uh, for him to you know sort of get fit uh, and recover uh, for a round of sixteen game. If it's a sprain in a, if it's an ankle ligament sprain, he might might possibly do it. But if there's a tear, there's no chance. 
But as of now, all we know is that he is not available for the group stage games, which is given how given how Brazil's technical staff and the doctor uh, reacted in the immediate aftermath of the injury does seem to be a little more serious than it immediately was felt to be. Neman, uh, there is also France versus Denmark today. Uh, France, of course, the defending champions, they began their campaign with a 4-1 win over Australia. But uh, they'll be wary of a Denmark side that has actually beaten them twice in the last three or four months. I think uh, Denmark won in June in the Nations League and also beat them again in September. Uh, right. Anything for France to be worried about uh, regarding Denmark? Well, Denmark did not have the best of starts to the Tom competition. So, yes. they will be coming hard. But But they would also not be unhappy with the draw. I'm going for that game. I had applied for that game and asked for a ticket for that game because I thought it would be an exciting game. And now, I don't know, maybe with France having won, with uh, Denmark uh, also not having lost, a draw suits them both, really. I, I do not want another goalless, terrible draw of the kind I saw at England and, England and, Scotland, uh, England and the USA yesterday. It was a terrible game. I mean, it's not the goalless draw that is the point. The point is, it was a terrible game. It was a game of so few clear chances. I, I, I think, I think, I think Southgate uh, played with the handbrake on. Uh, but uh, so I don't want a game like that. But having said that, I am increasingly beginning to get the feeling that I could be in store for something like that. If it not, if it's not, then it it it, it should be a good game, really. I mean, uh, because of what you mentioned, uh, and. Uh, because of the quality of players available, uh, simply. Uh, if they, uh, so, while anything but a loss would suit both teams, that is when things get a little cagey in, in, at the group stages. Because if the you know, teams wanted to go deep in the tournament, don't exert themselves, uh, because there are games every three days. So, I, I'm not sure really what to expect from that game. Right. right. Uh, you spoke about that England-US game. Uh, the England players, of course, were very impressive going forward against Iran. But uh, do you think yesterday's game was a fairer indicator of where they stand? I would think so because uh, you know they they really could not uh, produce too many clear chances, and in hindsight, it sort of means that what happened against Iran was also because the Iranians were distracted by off the pitch problems. The USA were kind of impressive yesterday because uh, because of the way they approached the game, but they like against the Wales, I. They they do not have they have not been able to show the quality that leads to you know being efficient in the front third. So they have a lot of energy, they have a lot of enterprise, they get the ball in, in the right areas. They Christian Pulisic is having a great tournament, but all of that is not really being translated into more goal scoring chances. So that is my impression of USA based on two games. But it, it is a team that could get out of the group and just think of what the USA-Iran match is now going to be. Not only in the context of this competition, but in the context of what is, you know, the, 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 the geopolitical relations. Uh, it's going to be a cracker because that is the game that could decide the second team from the group. With England really well-placed to sort of, you know, get through. Uh, I, I, think, I think even a loss against Wales uh, might not harm them. But uh, so it, the, the USA-Iran game is going to sort of decide uh, who gets out of the group from uh, from there uh, with England. I think I think England, uh, getting back to what you were saying, I think England's inability to sort of break the break USA down really 
could start to make uh, the the iran could could you know uh, start to get people slightly worried about what could happen to england going deeper into the tournament they tried everything including jack grealish uh, later on in the game grealish as is his wont won a lot of fouls but nothing really came out of them uh, also because maybe he started because southgate started with the same team from iran maybe they were a little tired or it was just one of those days where the ball was just not going in i mean apart from an early uh, hurricane uh, shot which uh, i think walker zimmerman deflected the us defended really well i and could not see too many chances till rashford came on in the end and uh, but that was after the 80th minute so it is uh, you know it's it's more of what we should be expecting from england that it, uh, that we got to see yesterday it was uh, a more of a you know realistic evaluation it helps us make a more realistic evaluation of what england is yesterday's game helps us do that you know rather than what happened against iran which means that uh, which where, where, where everything sort of fell into place for england yeah i i think i think uh, this is a uh, closer to reality england what we saw what we saw yesterday right uh, moving on to group a uh, host qatar have been knocked out pretty swiftly after a 1-3 loss to senegal uh, they are the asian champions but uh, they have put up an underwhelming show at this world cup especially when other asian teams like saudi arabia japan and south korea are doing well uh, they wanted you expect better from qatar or do you think this was par for the course no i did expect better i did expect better simply because they are like you said the asian champions and uh, uh, in in both games they have looked overawed and they have put in underwhelming performances less underwhelming against uh, senegal yesterday yeah. but they, uh, definitely against uh, ecuador uh, you know they they were completely in awe of the occasion but uh, it is underwhelming it, it is it is uh, slightly unexpected but that is what you know uh, the first world cup experience usually does to you you see all the other the asian teams that you spoken about have been world cup regulars i think this is saudi arabia sixth or seventh uh, yeah. world cup appearance japan have been made, making the world cup finals every year since 1994 i think or maybe it is 98 south korea have been making world cup finals appearances since 1986 so everyone you speak to even lautaro martinez yesterday spoke of you know making a world cup debut being a massively emotional moment now this is a guy who plays at a top club in europe this is a guy who's playing for a team that is used to winning that doesn't know how to lose for the past 3 years yet the world cup gets to him playing at the world cup gets to him so imagine what it would be for an entire team of players who do not know what playing in a world cup finals is and they're doing it at home so the pressure is obviously multiplied so i think what we saw of qatar is not a reflection true reflection of their ability but uh, questions are being asked now questions are being asked that you know was uh, were they right in you know getting into a closed door training session for over, over almost 6 months in, in in spain and austria uh, pulling players out of the qatar stars league uh, and playing well what people say are meaningless friendlies uh, in europe were they right in doing that or should they have you know should they have trained in qatar should they have let the players play the league to sort of you know be more match ready because playing in front of crowds uh, playing teams playing inviting teams over to play uh, friendlies at home uh, maybe would have been a better idea so uh, i think qatar looked 
Qatar let the occasion get the better of them. Having said that, I do not know whether there's a better way of preparing or, or getting a team up to speed uh, in a short time for a competition like this. Because Qatar did what most teams would have done. Qatar did what South Korea did in 2002 and it worked for them. So there's, you know, there's no one way of going preparing for a tournament. But all said and done, whatever Qatar did was not enough. And proof of that lies in the fact that they're out of the competition that they're hosting, you know, two games into it. Uh, you mentioned that Group B is set up nicely. I think Group A is also headed for an exciting finish. Uh, Ecuador showed that caliber against Netherlands yesterday with a solid fight back uh, that earned them a 1-1 draw. It does seem like the Ecuador versus Senegal game uh, could be a shootout, right? Uh, because Netherlands play Qatar, so they should be able to advance. Yeah, but true, uh, true, true. yeah, that Ecuador versus Senegal game now becomes really important. Yeah, I mean, they've been a, Ecuador has been the surprise package of this World Cup. Uh, they they got off to the best possible starts. That early penalty and Valencia converting it, uh, showing showing almost zen-like calm to be able to do that, uh, and then. Uh, the, the, the way they came back against the Netherlands. So, this is a team that likes to attack. This is a team that uh, is adventurous. And, you know, this is a team uh, who's enjoying the World Cup. So, the Senegal-Equador match is going to be quite a cracker because Senegal are not going to... Senegal are going to give it their all. They've just won uh, against Qatar. They were slightly unlucky to lose against, uh, New Z- uh, against the Netherlands. So, it's going to be a cracker of a game and it is the game that will decide uh, who joins Netherlands uh, into the into the uh, round of 16. You know, going into the tournament, uh, Arsene Wenger had said, if you look, ask me to predict which team would get out of Group A, I wouldn't be able to do that. He was obviously expecting a better performance from Qatar. But for the rest of the three teams, they have sort of lived up to their reputation. And now you don't know who among the three will not go up. We'll go home and then we'll exit the tournament along with Qatar. That was it for this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our Twitter handles at Vivek9301 and at DemanHT. If you're a true football fan, you cannot not subscribe to Kickoff, our weekly newsletter on the world game which hits inboxes every Friday. For more updates on this podcast, follow HT Smartcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.